Welcome back to Don't Be Strangers. Our mission is to create deeper conversations and more vulnerable connections by providing intentional resources, events, and community for curious and optimistic students of life to fight adult loneliness and the myth that making friends is hard. I'm your host, Shani, and I typically meet my co-hosts for the very first time while recording. If this sounds fun to you, please consider applying to co-host a future episode. I recorded this episode back in January 2023 when I was living in Barcelona for five weeks. I found a little creative co-working space close to my home and thought it'd be a great way to plug into the local community. What I love was that they offered plenty of events and also had a Slack channel for all their members to connect digitally. It was there that, after I posted my introduction on Slack about my mission with Don't Be Strangers, that Neil reached out to offer to collaborate. He works on a podcast professionally, so I confess that I was a little intimidated, but he was so welcoming and warm. As you'll hear in this episode, he purposely avoided talking to me for weeks in the co-working space because he was trying to honor the format of this show, which typically involves me not knowing much about my co-hosts, so you can hear how we form a connection naturally. Since I touched on the topic of me temporarily living in Barcelona for a few weeks, I also wanted to highlight how lonely I felt during my three months in Spain due to constantly moving and restarting my friendships and communities. If you're struggling to make meaningful connections, I recently launched my first book, How to Talk to Anyone for Introverts, where I share my insights on how to shift your identity and mindset for approaching conversations, how I start, flow, and exit chats, and my tips on friendship building. There's also a bonus seven-day challenge where I make it very actionable for you to take everything you learned and actually apply it. I'm on a mission to get to 100 reviews, so if I've piqued your interest and you'd like a free copy in, in exchange for honest feedback, you can visit our Instagram at Don't Be Strangers, where it will be linked in our bio, or you can visit our website, don'tbestrangers.club slash free dash book. Neil, however, does not need this book because he's a natural extrovert, as you're about to hear. Today, we chatted about our relationship with music and how it's changed over time, his worries about never being able to quit smoking, a memory he keeps replaying from when he was 12, how did he get into podcasting professionally, and what makes us cry every single time. With that, please meet Neil. My name is Neil Ines. I'm a head of audio for a company based in Los Angeles called Frequency Machine, um, and I'm co-host of couple of podcasts called Pass one called Passport and one called Misinformation. And they are, they're stories about people and places and how those things are connected um, and how they're un, you can't have one without the other. <laughs> I would love to actually be on one of these yeah. <laughs> in the future if the opportunity arises. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, misinformation is... Misinformation is... Um, a chat about the stereotypes of a country mm. um, and whether they're true or not, basically. So it gets quite offensive in some ways because we have to force ourselves to ask the stupidest questions that we find on the internet. <laughs> but it kind of helps break down, you know, the barriers that everybody, you know, we're all just people. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was a super, like, interesting... Something unexpected. Ooh, with that one, um, Iran. We did uh, an episode on Iran with a friend of ours. Um, and that got quite dark. Um, but light, you know. Um, right, yeah. It, because, you know, the, the final piece of the, the sort of, of the show is, like, how do you walk around the world, you know, 
being from a place and what are, what are people's expectations of you because you're Iranian or, you know. Right. And uh, a friend, Sohail, he basically said, I just feel like Bruce Banner all the time. Like, I'm just trying so hard all the time not to get angry. <laughs> yeah. But it was a really wonderful, like, um, it was a really wonderful way of putting it, you know. Um, so there was a, that was a real surprise, that episode. <laughs> it sounds like we're trying to accomplish similar missions with our with our yeah. podcast, That's just sharing really stories, <laughs> <laughs> just sharing stories, and trying to kind of minimize like misconceptions. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's always surprising, even if they're true. It's there's always. There's always uh sorry that's my phone. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> there's always uh something that comes out of you know truths about a place as well that you know are completely left field. <laughs> right. So yeah, music what what turns you on? What do you like to dance to and what makes you think? Okay, so <laughs> this might be kind of an interesting answer, but I feel like I have not really listened to music in a very long time. Um, and a part of me is like, what sort of psychopath doesn't like music? It's but, Well, let me give context. <laughs> I do like music, um, but it's just been a while since I've found anything that I really want to put on repeat and that's my listening style is like I find one song, become addicted to it, put it on repeat for like 24 to 48 hours and then kill it forever. Like I can't ever listen to it again because even if it's like, <laughs> so I've just overdone it, right? Um, and it's been a while since I have experienced that. And by in a while, I mean like maybe over three years, which is like what, what's happening. Wow. Um, and... I think a part of it is maybe about a year ago, I stopped having a Spotify subscription um, and the ads were really annoying. They were like deterring enough. Okay, so I need to give more context for that. I got a Spotify premium subscription because back in the day in university, some of my friends were like, wouldn't it be great if we got did a family plan and let's just gather a bunch it. of fr <laughs> friends and we all just give, put the same address and then now we're on the family plan and I was like oh I've never used Spotify before but like you know why it'll be so cheap it'll only be like one to two dollars a month <laughs> and you know so, sure why not and so because of it I started to listen to music through Spotify previously it was like all YouTube yeah. um, which meant yeah. that it wasn't for me like very portable so I was listening to music like when I was working at my laptop but then after I got onto Spotify premium I was like oh okay so I think I started to explore music more because of the way that the, the platform allows you to discover new music and such. Um, and then about a year ago, my friend was like, oh, I'd actually like to use my family plan for my family. <laughs> like now everyone in my family actually... Taking the keys yes. from your car. <laughs> so I was like, that's fine because like... When when we this all started, it wasn't like I wanted it. It just kind of happened to me, you know. <laughs> and so it feels like the conclusion should be somewhat similar, like you know. Yeah, like, yeah. So I was like, okay, sure, like no worries, don't worry about it. And then I and then I thought to myself, do I even need Spotify anyways? <laughs> so <laughs> so you know, I just stopped listening to music. <laughs> So, that's so crazy because that's why I wrote that. That's why I had that question. As the, that was the first thing I 
thought about because I was I was listening to a record that I hadn't heard since I was like 14 years old for the first time in you know I'm I'm 42 so um and I was thinking to myself I never listen to music anymore really (laughs) so you too okay because I'm like it's so bizarre (laughs) because my husband like is always listening to music and I'm just like it's so just having that constant reminder knowing that there are people constantly enjoying music makes me feel like I'm weird or something like that used used to be me as well like that's part of my life that's kind of gone for like you know weird reasons I mean I'm addicted to podcasts like I have two kids so if I'm listening to music it's usually you know the frozen soundtrack or (laughs) you know like I'm slowly trying to get them into some different things but like yeah it's a part of my life that's just like was so big yeah um and so present and then I just realized oh my god I just I haven't put an album on from start to finish and just sat and listened to it in six years <laughs> yeah yeah I think you know you make a really interesting point because the rise of podcasting and podcasts actually also influenced my listening right because yeah. I am a student of life an avid learner of all things and a part of me thinks like wouldn't it just be more productive to learn something through audio (laughs) so whenever i had the opportunity like while i'm driving in my car like music or you know something productive uh i tend to lean towards like let's learn something today (laughs) yeah or let's listen to to two idiots like talking about jokes for two hours or whatever you know those (laughs) most popular podcasts but it, you know, it, it's yeah, it's taken over like everything. So it kind of made me sad when I was, yeah, listening to you know the Pixies or whatever <laughs> the other day, whatever it was. I was like, this is great, and I don't do this anymore. Yeah. Do you? So based off of this realization, do you think you're gonna try to integrate more music listening? Um, have you thought about how you will? Def- definitely. Um, I'm going to a gig next week. For the first time since 2019. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> and so, and that was like fair, a conscious decision. <laughs> to be fair, there was COVID, so like yeah, all true. the gigs stopped and all the concerts stopped. So, <laughs> so this is going to be yeah, the first one in three years, which is the longest I've ever gone in my adult life without, you know, I used to be at a gig every week, you know. Um, so it's going to be good. that's exciting that's awesome um so i feel like there is sort of a transition here with you kind of like noting that you haven't listened to music recently um but what else have you been worried about oh how long have you got (laughs) (laughs) you can pick the time frame it's actually like i mean not too much to be honest I mean, I have I have two kids. That's a constant. Right. You know, that's how, a constant. How worry. old are they? Um, the little one is seventeen months. Okay, very little. Very little, <laughs> yeah. And the older one is six. Okay. So, boys, girls. Both girls. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a lucky one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, the older one, it, it it's a constant worry. It's a constant, constant worry. But it's not like. I'm not waking up in a cold sweat every night, like screaming or anything. Right. It's just like this low level, like anxiety about like tiny little things, you know, 
where yeah. you just go, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> like, it's permanent damage. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, or, um, you know, but it, yeah, that's, that's always there. And actually, I'm like, this is a really weird one, but it's totally true, and it's at the front of my head. Um, I really need to quit smoking. Mm. <laughs> and I've tried so many times. And I'm just worried that I'm not going to be able to do it again for like the 15th time. <laughs> I mean, I feel like so long as you don't give up, you technically have not failed. Yeah. That's the way I see it. That's So, I mean, yeah. it could take like 30, I don't know, 50, 100 tries. Yeah. But so long as you don't give up, I think... I mean, yeah, there. I've, I've heard stories where people are like, I just quit cold tur- turkey yeah. and like, yeah, it was that. And I'm just like, it, it can work like that? <laughs> like, like <laughs> really? Like, I mean, it can work like yes, that? I've done, it, I've done it all. I've done like the, the hypnotherapy, you know, which worked for like eight months. Okay. And then you Wait. Go, to, go to a music festival. You oh. have a, you know, you have a gin and tonic and you're like, hmm. And then you're bumming cigarettes for the next week. And then you buy a packet and there's just that disappointment of like you walking into the shelf and going, ah, I guess I'm doing this again. <laughs> and it's just that like the not the quitting part and the cold turkey part. I'm not worried about it's the going it's the going back like it's the failing failing. <laughs> oh, I mean, but if you've done it before for yeah. eight months, that's like pretty solid. Yeah, and I didn't start smoking till I was thirty. Okay. So I'm the dumbest smoker <laughs> that you've ever met. <laughs> no, I mean, like, wait, what was the what was the initiation? <clears throat> it was traveling. Okay. It was being it was being alone. I was in India for like nearly four months, and um, camping a lot with different groups of people, driving, and and they were all all smokers, and it was just like. Yeah, this would be fun for three months. <laughs> that was 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like, why did I do that? Why? Yeah. I'm like a little curious about your hypnotherapy experience because actually <laughs> I did hypnotherapy for the first time oh. um, less than like a year ago because I did not know that this thing even existed until a friend recommended oh, me wow, cool. his hypnotherapist. And then I thought like, what do I have to lose? Let me try this. Um, and I guess since you've done it, you also understand like the general <laughs> like context for it and like the way that my friend explained it to me and uh, convinced me to try it was basically he said, you know, with traditional therapy, you can go on for like years, like maybe decades, like yeah. around beating the bush around a problem, but never finding the root cause. And therefore, you're basically just wasting a lot of time um, talking about and around an issue. Whereas <laughs> hypnotherapy basically allows you to access your subconsciousness and therefore target the like root cause. And then he said that like with his experience and his friend's experience, because he also like convinced some of his friends to try um that you know it doesn't necessarily stop the problem but it because you find the root cause it makes you think twice before you you start whatever action it is right and i thought interesting let's try it because what do i have to lose um so i guess based off your experience and the very little i know of (laughs) what you've told (laughs) me like it is 
like after that experience and being able to like be off of it for eight months are you not able to access the the initial reasoning to like stop it again to like reuse the the root cause yeah 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 i mean because i've done it again since and and not the hypnotherapy but the using the same tools to kind of try and do it because i'm very visual Mm. person and he asked me that at the beginning like and he's like what's you know talking about fears of you know health issues and all Mm. kinds of things and he put these images in my brain one which was um everybody around me turning to ash (laughs) like at the end of the the avengers yeah (laughs) and i still kind of i still picture it Mm. um because there's i don't know who said it but there's a great quote about this you know the only reason that people continue smoking is it's because it's a fuck you to the world like Mm. the only thing you have is this your breath and the rest of the world is the ashtray Mm. and i always think about that and that's such a dickish (laughs) mindset you know um so i always think about that like turning it in on myself and going this is just this is there's literally no point to this yeah you're also just being gross like just (laughs) stop like just stop it (laughs) but i don't remember the set i don't really remember much else of the session you know it went by really quick yeah and um, yeah, I walked out, saw the Sagrada Familia, was right outside the office, and I put my pack of cigarettes in the bin. I didn't smoke for eight months. <laughs> it was like instant. Wow. Um, and the poor guy, you know, he 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 mes- messages me like every six months, and he's like, "Are you still a, non- a happy non-smoker?" And I don't have the balls to tell him that I went back. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how long ago did you do this? Um. It was five years ago, so oh. I've I've sent the guy like ten bold face lies. So Ryan, I'm sorry if you're listening. To oh this. snap! Um. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. I stole this question from Mike Babiglia's podcast. Um, um, do you have a memory that you play over and over again? Huh. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm, I tend to be a futurist, so I don't tend to be extremely nostalgic. Um, and for this reason, I actually take a lot of photos off my phone because I have a bad memory. <laughs> and so I use my photos as a way to kind of access my memories, right? So every once in a while, I'll like pull up all my photos and I'll just like <laughs> look through them and I, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's right. I actually visited this place because <laughs> I'm... Yeah, I'm. This is like part of the the issue that I was working on with hypnotherapy is that I'm always overly concerned about the future <laughs> and like really sure. it takes me away from living in the present, from being able to enjoy. Um, I'm a recovering productivity addict, so just like working through that and trying to be more present. Um, but a reco- for the- a recovering productivity addict, yeah, yeah, it's like. <laughs> That's a good thing to be addicted to. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so because it makes you wired. Um, and I, there's this, I just think to myself, like, you're just going to die and, like, think back on how you did not enjoy life at all. Because, like, <laughs> you were just overly concerned about, you know, just all producing. Yeah, yeah, like, and no matter, like, how much I've accomplished, I'm just like, well... But what's next? Like, what's yeah. next? So, like, living in constant dissatisfaction, essentially. Um, but 
for that reason, a memory that I constantly go back to. Nothing in particular sticks out, but I am blessed to have a little sibling who I think is just extreme comedy max and they <laughs> beg to differ and i'm like i don't understand like i was just like you need to do like stand-up comedy and they just keep saying to me like only you think i'm funny like only you're my type of like like i'm their type of humor or, or they're my type of humor rather um, and i'm just like so you know after having a hilarious experience with them like it could be it could be something as small as like something they said while we were just getting out of the car, going to the grocery store, like just very small like inside joke type situations. I'll just replay it in my mind for like the next couple of days and then just laugh to myself. I'd be like, <laughs> and then they'd look at me and be like, "What?" And I'm like, "I just remembered the thing you said when we got out of the car like fifteen <laughs> years ago." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're like, "You're still hung up on that," and I'm like, "It's hilarious. You should." You should explore comedy <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's nice that it's a good memory you have on loop you know <laughs> right, right. usually pe people's brains go to just like horrible stuff that's oh. really sweet <laughs> i mean i try i try to forget the horrible stuff although there are <laughs> there are like horrible things that very occasionally i do think back on and i'm just like did i really do that <laughs> like, <laughs> They're, I, they're the photos in your phone where you're like, oh, no. That, that was. Right. <laughs> where I'm like, but I don't want to delete it either because all of it is, you know, part of my human experience. And I don't yeah. want to, like, el eliminate the bad. Definitely. Either. No, embrace yeah. it all. You know, right. that's the. <laughs> but what about you? Do you have any? Yeah. I, I mean, the one that always comes to my head because it was horrendously embarrassing. It is. It is a terrible one. Um. I don't I think I was 12. Okay. Um, and a long time ago, there was an old computer called an Amiga. This is like okay. 1992. And for some reason, I read a review in a computer game magazine for this, for a game. And I saved up all my money and I waited for it to come out. And I went with my friend to the mall to buy it. And... We were locking up our bikes to go in, and I peed myself. <laughs> oh, man. Like, from excitement? From excitement, from just, you know, I just don't know. It just happened. And I was like, I was with, with my friend. We're 12. We're, like, first year of high school, 13. I just started at that school, and I just was like, oh, great. I'm Neil pissy pants you know for the rest of my for the rest of my like rest of my days at school and um yeah i walked into the into the store put my money on the table took the game <laughs> really just like um went all the way home and my friend brett hazeldine who i haven't spoken to for a long time never told anyone well, that's a true friend. And I think about that guy all the time. You should say hi. You should just be like, where are you nowadays? Yeah. I and mean, I guess it is a good memory in a way. But yeah, that one re stayed with me. I am shocked that you just, you went ahead and like went in. And oh, yeah. I mean, everything. All of my pocket money. I was like, I'm getting it. <laughs> like, oh, this mess, this doesn't matter. Like, waited too long. And, and the worst part of it is really it was like one of the most terrible computer games it was just like 
crushing disappointment. <laughs> oh man! Oh man, that's so anticlimactic. All of that for something like, that wasn't even worth it. Terrible graphics. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, I'm really curious to know if you can name a place, a person, and an object that you're inspired by, and what's the connection between all these things. Ooh, yeah, this one is really hard. Okay, I'm gonna interrupt here to say that if you found any of these topics interesting or relatable, please hit pause right now to give this show a follow and a rating. Or if you know of a friend who needs to hear what's being shared here, please take two seconds to message them this episode. It'd mean the world to me to be able to expand the reach of who this podcast could potentially help. A person of pe- people's easy. Um, so there's so many creative people in Barcelona, um, and I just got lucky. With a group of friends that I kind of made here, um, my actually my partner in the show in Passport, Andres, he Andres Bartos, he's um, yeah, he's he is one of the. I don't know how to put it. Like, no matter where you are with him, if you're at a party or a dinner party or whatever, and he's talking to somebody across the room. I know 100% that that's the most interesting conversation that's happening in the room. Really? Yeah. And he, he does it every time. He's annoying as hell. <laughs> um, but he's, he's super smart, super creative. You can talk to him about anything. He's a great filmmaker um, and great friend. Um, and yeah, like places. I mean, I guess I have to say, I guess I have to say Barcelona because I, I came here on a whim to meet a girl who we'd met before, I'd met before in London. And I basically lied to her. I told her I was coming to Barcelona for work and I wasn't (laughs) just going to see her. Um, And yeah, I just, I just never left. (laughs) And now we have two kids together. So I was like, you know, that was a, that was a risk, but I guess there was something in Barcelona that like, you know, there was something that I remember from being really young and coming here with my parents when I was a kid. Um, I think I was like six or seven. And my dad told me that when we were leaving, I cried. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm going to live in Barcelona one day. <laughs> Wait, that, that's like your dad quoting you? Yeah. Okay. And that was, yeah, that was in 1987. That's crazy. Yeah, and now yeah, now I live here, so I guess I have to say that. Um, and objects, like f- photographs, if I can pick like a big broad thing, because it was, I worked as yes for a filmmaker and uh, as a filmmaker, and um, the last six years, my whole life has been radio, and podcasts, and audio, and um, I'm such a visual person. Um. So yeah, now every time I go to like a gallery, like in a photo exhibition or something here, or even just like check out new people's work, um, I have that similar thing that I have with the, with music where, you know, I'm just like, I miss this so much. And it has, it has so much more impact on me now than it did before because it's, you know, it's a part of my, my life that it's not part of my life anymore. Right, um, right. So yeah, definitely a nice big black and white print (laughs) so what is the connection between andres barcelona and photographs 
I guess they're all very photogenic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not. Yes, I have no idea what you look, they look like. Um. Um, yeah, Andres looks like a small version of David Lynch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I love you. <laughs> Serious note, though, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I took a lot of photographs here. A lot. <laughs> um, thousands and thousands of street photographs. And that was maybe the last time that I was really active about my photography. So, yeah. The photogenic nature of Barcelona maybe is a connection with, with <laughs> it. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> do you plan to do anything with your photos or in, like, a go in a more visual field again in the future? I don't know. I like that's why I think that podcasting kind of changed the way I thought about what my career was. Um, Because I was, I was been a writer, you know, as well. But um, there was something so nice about just putting a backpack on, putting a recorder in, and a microphone, and just going and making a story because it suddenly highlights everything that's wrong with filmmaking and everything that's really complicated about it and tracks and dollies and tripods and lights and permits. Right. <laughs> and it was so freeing just to be able to go hit record and see what happened. Um, and so, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I always have my camera with me, but, you know, I have... 55,000 photographs of my kids and <laughs> not, not much else. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's just naturally what happens when yeah. you become a parent. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so now I'm really curious. How did you transition into podcasting knowing that you're such a visual person? Like, yeah, how did that happen? It was... Um, the industry here, the, the film industry here is like... It's quite closed. Like, it's very sort of local crews and it's it's a it's a very hard sort of clique to to break and um so i was working as an editor for quite a long time and a, a good friend of mine and uh, this guy called nick hall who's a filmmaker here um he actually made the the joe strummer documentary in granada that we were talking cool. about um he got offered a job to do a production here, which was just audio for a company called Detour. And he passed on it and just passed it on to me. And I met Stacy Book, who's the CEO of Frequency Machine now, um, and Dom and Avi, who are co-partners with me. Um, and they hired me to make this storytelling um it was, it's a story t- storytelling app, but it was GPS triggered. Oh, that is fascinating. Yeah, okay. it was ama- it was amazing. Like, so you have to, you can't listen to it unless you're there. So the triggers wor- only work. Wait, is this a real <laughs> thing, or is this something that didn't actually pan out? No, it will. It it panned out for a while, and then okay. it got the co- whole company got bought. Oh. So I made eight episodes here. And it was funny because right before we started the production of it, I met Andres, like, just in a bar. Okay. Um, and we just got talking about movies, closed the bar. <laughs> and um, 
yeah, like two weeks later, I got off at this job and I just hired him <laughs> to help me. Wow. <laughs> so we made those together. Um, and it was like really intense. Like we had to do a lot of photographs to live in the app and stuff and, and you know, um, test this really basic software that just wasn't working. It was a disaster. And we were walking all over, all over the city, like, you know, dozens of times a week to like test these guides right and so the company came over to test them with us and we just did it off um and then yeah like in 2019 they asked me and dre to host <laughs> to host a podcast and we were just like no <laughs> wait what was he doing before he was he was in the middle of finishing his first documentary. Okay. I think at that time. Um, and so I didn't even know if he was going to do it, but he was just like, yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was that. And then, yeah, we, we, we got Passport. Um, it took them about six months to convince us to be on microphones and do it because we were so self-conscious. Um, so we kind of learned how to do it together. We made six episodes yeah. in preparation for the launch, which was in May of 2020. Right. <laughs> and then that thing happened, you know, that thing, right. that <laughs> thing happened. And so we found ourselves making a travel show, <laughs> launching a travel show. Um, I actually picked up the keys to the office and the studio that we had rented on the day of lockdown. Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was, um, that was a real, it was a blessing and a total fucking curse at the same time. Um, because suddenly we had this audience that couldn't go anywhere and it was like a real challenge to make it. But yeah, it taught us so much about Jesus needing to, get out go see new places and talk to new people and like it was a real like mind blower for sure wow that like happened so organically then like the way that you ended up yeah. where you are now which i think is fabulous because i feel like sometimes it feels like this is it like your life is just gonna be whatever this is you have currently <laughs> but i feel like stories like yours it just it's like such a beautiful reminder that's like you just never know you just never know yeah. like what's gonna happen to you like you, you, you really don't you really don't and it's you know now where you know andres is stuck with me and the guys in the states have stuck with me thank god for you know the last six years pretty much um, and so, yeah, we're, we're building this whole platform, which is, which is just stories and, and travel, um, travel stories and travel shows, um, which is a whole new challenge again in itself, but it's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Was travel a topic they picked for you or is it something that you, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they picked for you. They, they, they all met each other working on the amazing race. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they were very, like, you know, <laughs> this podcasting, you know, we've got to find a way to make this work in the, in the travel world. Um, and we did, yeah. By the end of 2020, we had the number one travel show in the US, wow. which was, like, 
crazy because we were just a couple of amateurs, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, you just never know. Take take what you can, you know, and see what happens. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, How many of these have you made? You've done a lot now. Um, I just pushed out episode 38. And so I would say, because I've, I've started this podcast middle, like, I think July 4th was the first release of 2021. Okay. Yeah. So it's still, I mean, it's long, but it's been short. I mean, not as long as six years, but it is purely passion because there's no profit on this um, yet. Um, and <laughs> and I don't release on this. To me, currently, it's not a business. So there's not like, I don't go with like a release schedule. I edit when I feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> like, so there, there will be these seasons where it's like, oh, she's she's on it. She's like releasing every week. And then and then it's like, where does she go for three to four months? And it's like, and and like all these episodes I've been releasing lately um, have been like backlogged from October last year. All and right. so we're talking about Halloween. I think the one you listened to um, uh, sure. with, uh, yeah, the, the guy who wanted to talk about death. Um, yeah, he, he mentioned in the podcast, he was like, since we're close to Halloween. And I was like, <laughs> okay, but I have no idea when this is going out. <laughs> you know, like, yes, we are talking about it close to Halloween. And I think I have a few that reference says the new year you're like oh Uh, my god i really let go of my productivity (laughs) i'm working on other things so you know i'm just like to me this project started as a podcast and then it grew to a point where i'm trying to build actual communities around it now and so the podcast has fallen to the side as a side side project yeah and so it's something that like every once in a while i'm like oh yeah i should edit and like every time i edit i love it like people keep asking me if I should outsource and I think like if I outsource I probably honestly speaking would not listen to the the final episode so like the only way I would actually listen to the conversation again is through editing it and I actually really love listening to it again because there's just so many great lessons it always brings a smile to my face like knowing that i had (laughs) these conversations because like i said my memory sucks so like most conversations i'm not gonna remember it's (laughs) it's true it's the best i mean every time we're in here or where you know when we were making the other shows um we'd walk out of the room and kind of go was that anything like was that what did what did we talk about And then so, you know, I was editing the majority of it and I I had the same feeling. I'd always go back and go, oh, my God. Like, Like sometimes there's just like gold where you're like, wow, like everyone needs to hear this one line, like it would just change everyone's life. Um, But yeah, because it is such like a small side side project now, um, I think I'm, I'm struggling with like the marketing aspect of this. Like, what is that like? And and my attention is really split between a lot of different things. I am a full-time software developer. We're doing this over my lunch break. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking about, you know, all the things on like my project and me being managed, but then I also kind of have like a lead, lead role. So then managing people. Um, yeah. And then 
the this podcast, the community I'm building, and I'm I'm bringing more people to open up city chapters around the globe. So I'm working with my friend in Dallas because that's like my home base. But then I found a girl here in Barcelona who's awesome. willing to help um, set up trial something here and see if it works out. And so you know now I'm thinking about like management essentially <laughs> that's like something else right <laughs> that's something else so like at the back of mind i'm always thinking like oh i really should guess on other people's podcasts that's what they always say to yeah. like help promote your podcast but i'm like okay between me editing all my podcasts <laughs> like, other people, yeah, yeah i'm also yeah. traveling so that's like a, a project in itself <laughs> and then and i'm like <laughs> Is this gonna happen? And uh, and I'm just like, okay, this year I do want to try cold cold emailing some some yeah. other podcasters and just seeing like, hey, are you interested? Do, do our values align? Does it make sense to collaborate? Um, but if but I'm at the same time I'm like, let's see if it happens. Yeah. Like with everything <laughs> else I'm doing, I'm like, if it doesn't happen, just give myself grace. This is a side side project, anyways. It's it's just for fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a good it's a good it's great it's really great <laughs> thank you <laughs> i thought it was really flattering um when you said that like you thought that it was really wholesome to hear the the low audio quality you know? <laughs> yeah you're like the guided by voices of podcasts it's, <laughs> no, it's, because... no because it is really like it is something that i kind of you know, I've I've become obsessed with how, the way things sound because right. I, I can right, tell right. now when things are wrong. But it's just so nice to like go. These guys are just chatting. That's what I kind of loved about podcasts during the pandemic as well. Yeah. It was, you know, it was people recorded really well on one side and someone on a Zoom call on the other, and it was <laughs> just kind of like, ah, oh, this has just become a thing now. Now it, I think it really changed the aesthetic of that's the wrong word obviously right, but right, like right. it changed the way that podcasts were kind of accepted right because, like the barrier to entry yeah. yeah and people are you know every anybody can make can make one and you know they should <laughs> it's great yeah yeah i agree <laughs> and i would say too that like at the beginning of when i started this project i actually had a proper mic and then i was traveling with that mic as well and then i was like this this thing is heavy like i was like oh god and also like every time i had to do like security check-ins up i had to like remove it yeah. because if i didn't remove it then they would stop my bag and they'd be like what is this hunk of metal that you're carrying here and i'm like Jesus. i'm sorry it's just my bike <laughs> we, so, we took all of this gear to to jerusalem me and andres went to jerusalem and ben-gurion airports like they don't mess they don't mess around and you know <laughs> they looked at our bags and they were like what are you guys doing here because <laughs> if you say journalist on a piece of paper and you're going to jerusalem they're like Put them in the little room, boys. <laughs> so they held us up there for a really long time. Me with an Australian passport and Andres with a Bolivian passport in a bag full of microphones. And we're just like, where are you going? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, what makes you cry every time? <laughs> Big Hero 6. That animated oh, movie, like you. <laughs> I, I've this is actually honestly my all-time favorite film. One because I am also very visual, like you. So oh, damn it, you know what I should have done? I should have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for the listeners. La, 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 la. <laughs> I love that movie. I know it's like 
It's my like it's my number one favorite movie. The reason for this is because I have a bias towards children's animation um, because art, three um, D, just concepting, world building, like all of that. Yes, you also get that in like live action movies and stuff. But I don't know. There's just something really wholesome about like you know three D modeled characters. And then on top of all that, they're typically very wholesome. I don't like. Entertainment that makes me feel weird at the end, aka horror. <laughs> the, the storytelling is always like, and then you don't know if they'll die or not. And like I, and then I always leave continued. the yeah, and then I always like leave the theater like, did I just waste two hours of my life investing into like this really annoying main character who keeps opening doors when it's like obviously you shouldn't and you should just leave the building, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. Yeah, like, like is. is is Baymax gonna die at the end, like <laughs> right. ET, you know, or whatever? Just like, because oh, that would kill me. Right, That's right. such a perfectly, simply created character. Yes, it's yes. just everything. Just a big fluffy marshmallow right. protector. Yes, a concerned, concerned person. <laughs> concerned person. He's such a great character. I know, and then also like just the, the story as a whole. I do love my action films, so it does bring in the yeah. elements of like the fighting, the superhero. Great um, chase. Yes, and then, <laughs> <laughs> it and then also um, really interesting with like the relationship between the brothers and then the brothers' death. Yeah, and so I think like coming out of the movie, I was just like, whoa, did that movie really just hit on all these <laughs> different motifs? And it's just like, wow, and they tied it all together and it makes sense and it was like wholesome. And so I've rewatched that movie, I can't even tell you how many times. Yeah. And every time I think, I'm not going to cry this time. <laughs> like, I'm not going to because yeah. I already know. And yeah, I cry again. No, I'm, I'm, totally, like, I'm totally with you. I don't know how many times I've seen it because my, my daughter loves it. So, yeah. And I always, I'm like, it gets to that point. What is it? Wait, um, are you satisfied with your care? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I gotta go. You have to go bathroom. Goodbye. Because I'm, I'm such a pushover now. Like you know, with I'm such a pushover. Like I watched, I watched um, ET with my daughter. She's six, and uh, she's like, Papa, are you okay? And I was like, Shut up. <laughs> so watch the movie. <laughs> You said now, as in, like, this is a new development for you, or? I used to be able to, you know, I used to be able to watch anything. Horror, you know, like, I'm much more sensitive to, like, really messed up gore films now. But I'm just such a pushover. Like, I cry when there's no milk in the fridge. Like, I just, I have, like I'm just such a wuss. Like, and, then, you know, and I've been, you know, re-watching especially in you know, Pixar movies and, and and they do this that magic thing where you're like, not this time. Not this time, Woody. And then you're like they're on the furnace going into the thing and you're just like, why am I watching this? <laughs> <laughs> They've become horror films for me. <laughs> it's becoming a dad, maybe. And you really is just it, any any little slight thing just like gets you. It's, it's amazing. You just yeah. Cracks your heart open. <laughs> um, it's like having open heart surgery. That's what they say, you know, when you have open heart surgery, you're you, you're you're never the same emotionally ever again because they've literally like opened your chest up and played with your heart 
I have never heard that, actually. But that is very fascinating. Um, (laughs) All right, I got to ask you the question that I ask everyone, which is, how do you define a stranger? And at what point do they transition from being one to not being one? It's so good. It's so good. Because I don't know. Like... I did. I have thought about this a little bit, but you know, there's every the quote that you know, the the a stranger is a person you you know friend you haven't met yet. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but there's also, I was also reading about. I can't remember who said it, but you might know the you meet as strangers, and you part ways as strangers. <laughs> oh, I have not heard this. Um, and I always think about it a lot because my family and my my immediate family and my my friends and my um they're all in australia so i don't get a chance to see them you know every three years maybe and i'm always like nervous and like you know but you're only you're you're strangers again right kind of right for about 15 seconds you know right. And then you go back to being sixteen-year-old kids, you know, telling dick jokes, and <laughs> it just it goes away straight away. So yeah, yeah. that familiarity like kind of never leaves. But um, I don't know. I think like a little bit of honesty, like me, I didn't ever think I was going to be telling you a story about me peeing myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I. Th- think that kind of doesn't make us strangers anymore <laughs> <laughs> wait does that mean that's, does that that's technically the mean that everyone listening to this episode would also not be strangers with you because you were technically honest with all of them as well <laughs> I mean, that's a one a one-way street but for sure i mean that's the weird thing about um about just being a voice on on a radio, you know. I've listened I've listened to people's shows for, you know. I've listened to Mark Maron's podcast for like 12 years and I know like I feel like I know every little aspect of his life. Right. And um and I just don't at all. Like it's it's weird. Um So yeah, I guess if I told him the story of me peeing myself in person then we'd probably be friends. <laughs> <laughs> He did announce the birth of my first daughter on his show. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> on the Bruce Springsteen episode. <laughs> yeah. So what, is, so what is the transition, though? Um, I guess just the honesty aspect? I think so. I mean... I don't know, like, I don't have that many, um, I don't have that many boundaries. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. maybe, you know, there are, there are certain people who, I mean, maybe it's just an intangible thing. I think, like, if you can disarm somebody and still make them laugh, I think it, that's probably a pretty good... <laughs> Humor? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a pretty good, like, turning of the switch. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you're probably the first person who brought humor into this answer. So I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it any other way. I mean, I hope. <laughs> I, yeah, there's been like a point where I just keep asking myself, like, will I will the will the answers to this question just start repeating themselves where like it's no longer interesting? Yeah. But they haven't 
like yes, there are elements that um, that do reoccur, but I feel like everyone brings something different to the yeah. answer, and I think that's really amazing. <laughs> like honestly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, like you know, I don't know. I always kind of find myself saying, oh, "I have a I have a friend who, you know." And then I'm like, oh, isn't, they're not really a friend. They're like a friend of a friend. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's someone I met once. And I yeah, just yeah. have the number. Like, and you're like, my friend. <laughs> yeah, straight, yeah. Like straight away. I just right. don't even think about it. Um, um, I don't know. Maybe I have like a, a friendship autism or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's just optimism. Because. Maybe, yeah. Also, yeah, just kind of setting that. sort. Um, what am I trying to say? Just being generally more welcoming, yeah. I think yeah. it just makes it easier for people to like approach and become your friend. Right? <laughs> so. yeah, definitely. I mean, I always try it. You know, here because there's new people coming and going like all the time, and um, it's it's nice to try and crack somebody who you kind of like, I don't quite know what the deal with that person is, but I'm going to find out and we're going to be friends. Like I'm going to force it upon. (laughs) Wait, have you talked to like everyone here then? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I have, you know, I have, I've made really like genuinely really good friends here. Um, Yeah. You know, I've known a lot of these guys for, for two, three years, like on and off. Um, because of this co-working space yeah yeah and i and i worked at home for so long you know um and i I had my own office for a little for a little while but it was just too too lonely i mean it was me and my editor like out in the street having a coffee (laughs) right right that's not the same no because that's my i need you know i need i need to like i need to talk to people to be to be creative like yeah that makes sense um how did you find this space then well i live around the corner okay so it wasn't just like passing and visually seeing it yeah it was literally it was um i was i was at a place when i first moved here like on the other side of the city and for a while this place was owned by those people so i recognized the 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 symbol um the logo (laughs) um and yeah, I just I did a did a trial here, and I'm, I just never left. Uh-huh. <laughs> My studio at home is full of Lego, so I don't have a choice. <laughs> but no, it's, it genuinely makes me like a much happier like worker. Yes, yes. <laughs> so well, you're gonna do this one month in every place forever. That's so, one thing I'm just really curious about. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, so my home base is Dallas. I do return, and when I return, I typically stay for like two to three months. Um, so that breaks the one month of place okay. <laughs> rhythm. Um, I do this because I am super close to my sibling, and I suck at long distance anything like just communications in general (laughs) so it feels like i need to go back because i really love them i want to be able to physically hang out with them and just like rebond but they also understand how important it is for me to be free and to like go explore and so even though they're more of like a homebody and like not as interested in travel 
they we have this like mutual respect where they're like i'll love you like even though you're not always here for me physically (laughs) because like you can't be and then i'm like yes but i'll always come back and this is just like our compromise right so um every every three to four months i'll go back and like Ah, stay for two to three months with them um but the while i'm on the road I do try minimum one month a place because I feel like that is the minimum to get to really know a place. But of course, it depends on like the the size of a city as (laughs) well. Um, I was in Mexico City for two and a half months and I felt like, you know, actually two months is like the perfect amount of time for me personally, because I tend to find like the repeating pattern is it takes me about two to three weeks to really meet people this is like not me just like going to a bar or something like like me actually intentionally trying to find people who align on interests like creative outlets stuff like that and then if i'm only there for a month that only leaves me like two more weeks (laughs) to really get to like hang out with them and then i gotta go so i feel like with the two months it really gives me time to explore not only the city, but the people. And I really care about people, hence don't be strangers. Um, So for me, it's like minimum minimum one month, ideally two months. Um, And then three months is kind of pushing it because I tend to get tired after three months in like a place. And and then I I gotta like change things up again. (laughs) And so, yeah, I I hope I answered your question. No, for sure. I mean, I, I do agree. Like, you know, it's there's something there's something that doesn't sit right with me about these like the contiki tour culture of you know you know thursday you're in brussels and you know friday you're in paris saturday you're in london it's like that's not travel that's that's not traveling that's just moving yeah (laughs) it's it's just moving to me it almost feels like consumerism yeah it's like just how much can I consume? Let's cram it in. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I yeah. think you got a good thing going. Jesus, keep keep doing it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to ask, like, how often do you get to travel, considering that you're a full time dad yeah. now? And also, yeah. I mean, it's it's it is really hard. I mean, long distance flights are you know, it's a it's a whole mission. It's yes. a big hero six. Yes. <laughs> it really is. Um, well, I go to LA a couple of times a year, um, and we do a lot of short trips, like driving around around Spain, and you know, lots of casa rurales, lots of like country houses with friends, and so we do have a good, you know, a good kind of group. But yeah, the days of me going to India for four months are long gone. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. You I, never know. Yeah, like. <laughs> kick the kids out when they're sixteen. So oh, you don't plan on because like what about those like families who travel with their kids? You know, it's like oh no, I I would love to. I mean, I, I've we've I've taken I've taken my girls to Iceland and been to London, been to well, around France, um, been to Australia twice. So we've done some. But yeah, yeah. It's I miss it. My last like trip was in two thousand and nineteen. Yeah. So I haven't like done anything um on my own, you know, for like a long time. Yeah. Um but yeah, traveling with a family is is amazing in its own way, you know. 
yeah seeing seeing them just go what (laughs) (laughs) right seeing it through their eyes yeah yes yes i imagine (laughs) well thank you so much for your time no thank you it was (laughs) lovely it was really nice it was really hard to avoid you (laughs) i didn't realize realize you were actually intentionally avoiding no i'm like i'm all about the format okay okay i'm gonna do this let's do it roughly (laughs) (laughs) it's awesome thank you yes thank you Can you believe I actually cheered up just listening to Neil say the lines, Are you satisfied with your care? What's well, something that makes you cry every time? You can write to me on Instagram at Don't Be Strangers or to the website don'tbestrangers.club. I would love to hear from you. If you love Neil and want to explore more of his works, check out Passport Podcast. It's been a hot minute since I've written a love letter to you all, so I wanted to leave a little something something. I, we are currently at the beginning of June this year, and my birthday is June 18th, and I will be turning 29. I am actually super stoked about this because over time I've learned to love growing up and leveling up and growing older. I have also been back in Dallas since leaving Spain at the end of March for about two and a half months, and it's been really interesting coming back into the community that I've established here after kind of starting some events back in October of last year then leaving in December only to be out for four months and then coming back and like retouching base and and kind of really hyper focusing on my work with building the momentum and I feel like it's taken off but it's really interesting because as things are taking off I am about to leave again for another two and a half months but this is exactly how I like it. I haven't been very successful at creating city chapters, which was something that was a huge hot topic of mine. I wanted to basically replicate what I've been doing in Dallas, but bring the the local community of Don't Be Strangers into different city chapters across the world. And even though it hasn't really taken off, it's it's okay. I keep thinking about, you know, while this technically counts as a failure there's also a lot of learnings and i am just pivoting based off of what i see working and not working talking about pivoting and how don't be strangers is kind of my playground i've also been thinking about printing cards for these conversation game nights so if you haven't had the opportunity because back in the day i actually started these conversation game nights online on discord which is, if you're not familiar with Discord, you can just think of it as a hybrid between Slack and Zoom, um, where I would take poll questions from the podcast, the exact questions you heard today, but like across all my episodes, and then I would put them on these digital cards and then have people meet up and put them into small groups and have them talk about these questions. Very similar to other conversation card games, such as We're Not Really Strangers or Table Topics, but I thought that I thought that this was interesting because I am already generating and receiving these questions from the podcast. Initially, I thought I would never print these because it's just too much of a hassle. I don't want to deal with warehousing and you know logistics of fulfillment. But recently, I've just been like, why not? I think maybe it's because I published my first book and I have been ordering physical copies. And it's been really nice to just have something physical for all my digital work. So that's something that I'm playing around with, nothing set in stone there. But if you're intrigued in actually having a physical deck of printed cards with questions from Don't Be Strangers to play with your friends, families, with strangers, 
let me know because I'm actually really curious if anyone would want want them. Outside of thinking of this, I'm also planning for a big event in New York City because I'll be there in all the month of August. I am also planning a book signing event here in Dallas when I return in September. So my life sounds pretty consumed by Don't Be Strangers, but somehow I'm still pretty content with everything that I've been doing. I think been greatly helped by the fact that I have a solid group of friends here who bring me a lot of joy on because I get to co-work with them on a regular basis. It also helps that I, every time I'm with my husband, I get to turn on vacation mode and it doesn't matter if we're just reading together, if we're sitting together by the pool, or if we're just you know, cooking together, I feel extremely present. In a way, he is sort of like my form of meditation, although I also do practice meditation on a regular daily basis. I'm pretty proud of myself of like the energy management I've been able to do and giving myself grace when I do find myself low energy and allowing myself to rest. So my goals for this month is to continue making space for personal art at least twice a week, investigate more about somatic healing. So if you know anything about this topic, please, please, please reach out. (laughs) I am overwhelmed by the amount of information out on YouTube and the internet. And then, of course, preparing for all those events I mentioned above. So again, if you want a free copy of How to Talk to Anyone for Introverts, the link is on Instagram at Don't Be Strangers or the website don'tbestrangers.club slash free dash book. I hope you've been doing so well. And as always, don't be a stranger.